Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, I finally was able to get it up in the Patreon feed. I sat down and chatted with my nephew, Joey, on Sunday. It was the second time we'd done that interview because the first time I somehow screwed up the audio, but that is available in the Patreon feed. We uh, owe you another Patreon-exclusive episode sometime this month, Grace, so we'll have to put our heads together and come up with something uh, before the end of this month. So we will have that coming up in the next days or weeks because it's the 23rd, so it has to be in the next eight days. Um, But if you want to hear all of our Patreon-exclusive episodes, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, Grace, we had what I'm guessing, what I think, what I assume is the final announcement for a 2023-2024 Broadway show happen on Monday morning. And that is what we had been hinting at and saying that we thought was going to happen. The Olivier Award winning play Patriots will transfer to Broadway this spring. It will begin performances at the Barrymore Theater where Harmony is going to close up here in a couple weeks. On April 1st, its opening night will be April 22nd. It is going to be a limited engagement scheduled to run through June 23rd. What is interesting about this, though, Grace, is we had spent a decent amount of time, you and I, talking about Tom Hollander, who had starred in the show in the West End, coming back to Broadway. That does not appear that is not going to be the case because he will be replaced by an underrated but an absolutely fantastic Tony-nominated actor, Michael Stuhlbarg. He will be playing Boris Berenzovsky. He will be joined by the Olivier-winning star Will Keane, who will reprise the role of Vladimir Putin. And original West End cast member Luke Fallon will play Roman Abramovich. The rest of the casting will be announced. This is directed by Rupert Gould, who is the artistic director at the Almeida Theater, which is where this show actually got its start. But, Grace, we're going to talk about another house that is going to be open at the Belasco. I mentioned it at the top of yesterday's show with How to Dance in Ohio closing. But this is the last show. I mean, it has to be the last show in this season. And I think we can finally say we know what the Tony-eligible shows will be. I Right? I mean, nothing else is coming. Is it? I don't know, but I also think there could be. It's not, I'm, this is not me playing like, I don't know. Like, like I genuinely mean it with the amount. I mean, I think Broadway World just released like 12 shows are closing in the next few months. Um, If, if something. Real Real quick though, real quick though. I looked at that article. Only three of them were like open-ended shows that had run. For like less than a year, like the majority of those shows closing were limited runs. So it's a little deceptive to be like the sky is falling. Twelve shows are closing between now and April. Literally nine of those twelve were supposed to close between now and April. Like that's how they were set up. So I saw that and people were like Broadway's broken. Twelve shows closing. I'm like, no, that's literally how it was supposed to work with most of those shows. But anyway, I was just annoyed by that article, at least the headline a little bit. Sure. No, no, no. It makes sense. But I mean, if if something wanted to come into the Belasco and could um, in time to to make some deadlines, why wouldn't they? You know, I just. Yeah, people want to fill those theaters, but I don't know. I think I know why they won't, because I think there will be a show in the Belasco. And here's why. Yesterday on the show, I said, OK, 
I don't think I hadn't heard about any other shows potentially coming to Broadway this season to join the groups, but we could see shows moving or changing houses. I had originally, when I said that, thought that that would be a show that had not yet opened going from one Schubert house to another. However, I now believe that there will be a show that is currently on Broadway that is set to be a limited run that will move into an extended remounting at the Belasco Theater. I don't know what show that would be, but I do think that it would be appropriate if we started talking about every house on Broadway being full this spring. So if there is a show that is a limited run that has another show already scheduled to come in after it, say perhaps at a 500 seat not-for-profit theater company that also already has a a high-profile show scheduled, and that show that is currently running is doing very well and has some big stars in it and it wants to keep running, the Belasco would be a really good place to go. It is a great place in terms of Broadway geography, Grace, as you know, and it also has like almost double the amount of seats that this show might potentially in this hypothetical situation that I'm completely making up off the top of my head would have. So like, I think... There is a way I'd kind of dismissed it, but I guess there is a way, something that seems kind of likely now that we could have every Broadway house filled this spring, barring any more potential closings that we don't know about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know. It's it's I, I think that we're kind of past the whole like, when is it? the right time when is it appropriate to like come in it doesn't matter like (laughs) everyone's just trying to get theirs and 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 hopefully you know make more money at a a larger space or or you know taking an off-broadway or a um you know an an out-of-town tryout to to a larger venue and maybe that's that's what's happening but yeah i think that we're seeing a lot of exciting chaos and um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I mean, obviously, we'll bring you the news every single day with with what uh, you know, uh, different puzzle pieces are fitting together on on the uh, old Broadway landscape. Yeah. So I am just going to guess, Grace, that you couldn't get in to see a certain show at its original venue, but I'm thinking you're going to get to see it at the Belasco. So just throwing that out there for everybody paying attention. So if no new shows join. This Broadway season, that means we had 14 new musicals in the 2023-2024 season, 13 new plays. However, I do not believe that Just For Us is Tony eligible. I don't believe they met all of the requirements of like invites and all of those things, but it still is a new play on this season. There are six musical revivals, only four play revivals, and then two other things. Uh, It was El Mago Pop and Melissa Etheridge, My Window, which are neither really plays or musicals as they were originally built. So that is 39 different shows in this Broadway season. That's a lot. When there were only 39 open Broadway houses uh, because the Majestic and uh, the Palace are under construction, you know, that shows you kind of how things are cycling in and out, considering that there are some long running shows still in there. So crazy. Grace, make sure that you are carb loading this fall or this spring because uh, you're going to need all of that potential energy coming up over the next few months. All right, Grace, let's head over from Broadway to the UK because we got the initial casting announcement for the upcoming stage musical adaptation of Burlesque, the musical. This, of course, is based on the Steve Anton film of the same name. Christina Aguilera and Cher and I think Kristen Bell were in that original film. Uh, Christina Aguilera is also 
involved as an executive producer. The show will make its premiere this summer at the Manchester Opera House from June 13th through the 29th. Then it's going to go on a little bit of a tour. It's going to go to Scotland and then back to Manchester, and then it will go to the West End as well. But the casting announcement that we got includes one of the co-writers for the show taking on the role of Allie that Christina Aguilera had played. That is Jess Foley. So the show is going to feature songs by Christina Aguilera, Sia, and Diane Warren, which were most of them from the original film. But there's going to be additional songs written by Broadway alum and social media and American Idol sensation Todrick Hall and Jess Foley. They had already been announced to be writing additional music for this. Now Foley is going to play... Allie. Also joining the cast are George McGuire, Billy Kay, and Jess Qualter. And I'm a little surprised by this, Grace. Like, I don't, I'm sure these people are all wonderful, but I thought they'd, there would be a little bit of a spa- splash, at least with a West End name, to, to kind of lead this off based off of how this looks when eventually this comes to New York, which I'm going to assume it will at this point. I'm guessing Jess Foley will still be attached because she is one of the writers, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being similar to like a an Anne Juliet situation where the majority of the cast that they open in with on Broadway is is American with maybe one holdover like Melanie Labore from uh, from Anne Juliet. Yeah, I think that this show is going to be like a star making moment for whoever that character is. So I think that if she continues on, like they're making a star out of her um, in this role, like that makes the most sense to me um, in terms of like whatever the strategy is. So if that's kind of like the vein that they're operating in, it's great. Like, I think that they should continue on. Um, Otherwise, they might go with someone over here for like a Broadway transfer that also has like, you know, maybe a few credits, but isn't like a household name. Yeah, the only it's kind of interesting because the only person in here that I even am familiar with uh, at all is George McGuire, who is an Olivier winner, but he's playing you know a fairly secondary part. He's playing Vince, which is the Peter Gallagher part from the film. I'm not sure how big that role is. I've never seen the movie, so I'm not sure how big that is, but it's listed pretty far down on the IMDb. So we will see what happens. But like we said with Anne Juliet, like. Lorna Courtney has been made a star because of that. So I would not be surprised if it is a similar situation with this. All right, Grace, we have um, some legal news that we have to talk about, unfortunately. But this has to do with the recent national tour of 1776, which was an extension of first the ART production of the show and then the Roundabout Theater Company production on Broadway. Last week in the Southern District of New York, a lawsuit was filed by Zuri Washington, who had played initially Robert Livingston in that national tour. It was filed against the production staff. The complaint claims that Washington was fired after she made public complaints in the company and two people involved with the show about not only the production's COVID policies, but also that her firing was racially motivated and retaliatory. The original report comes from the Los Los Angeles Times, but I'll kind of summarize it for you a little bit. Um, Washington details in the complaint that during the lead up to the production and the beginning of the tour, she had 
been communicating fairly openly with the hair and makeup team about wanting to have a wig for the show. She says that a number of white actresses in the cast were able to have wigs, but because of how different working with the hair of women of color is, she thought it would be better for her and for everybody involved if she was able to style her hair underneath a wig cap however she wants and then to wear a wig matching whatever hair design they had for the character. However, at, according to her, in the 11th hour, she was told that she would have to use her natural hair and given no opportunity to deal with that. Yeah, so it's really challenging because a lot of this is stemming from like COVID policies that they had had in place. And according to a lot of this, she had multiple times mentioned that she wanted, like from the get-go, that she wanted to wear a wig in the show and that other members of the company are given that opportunity. She brought it up many times and they continued to kind of push it off until like the final hour. And I think either Schenectady or Buffalo or somewhere where they, there was no way for her to get her hair done in a way that she felt comfortable being seen on stage. This happens very often and it's incredibly challenging and it is discriminatory. And I think that it's unfortunate that this happened to her in general, but I, I think we just have to have better policies in place to make sure that everyone is given the opportunity because, you know, the more diverse casting that we do, which is excellent, the people that are working on these sh- shows also need to have a diverse set of skills in order to take care of those people. Mm-hmm. We cannot just do the first part of the step and then not follow through with the rest of it because then you're creating an environment where this happens, right? So um, I just, I my heart breaks for, for the whole situation because it's it's just exhausting for people to have to continue to just the bare minimum kind of like ask for anything special when they shouldn't have to. It should just be part of it. It's tough. I feel like if if you're making an active decision to hire someone, you're also you are also making the active decision to look into what those people's needs are. Um, it, it you can't you know have the flash of we've hired this diverse group of people. Enjoy. Um, you also have to be like. You know, (laughs) it's like they put out the press release saying, look how diverse our cast is and then don't do anything to support the different people with their different needs uh, in the cast. So it goes on from there during a a meeting. Washington admits that she was, quote, outspoken and impassioned, including hitting chairs in front of her, you know, to kind of emphasize points that was construed as being, quote, unruly. And the company contacted Washington's white male agent to communicate the fact that they thought that she was behaving inappropriately. That went on to an HR meeting where things were escalated. Uh, Washington was quoted in this meeting as saying, I will take these efforts down. I will I will I have taken bigger efforts down. Washington's team says that that was not an expression of physical harm or a threat of any potential damage. But instead, they said that she was actually talking about filing a formal complaint against the production. But after that meeting, the production fired Washington in the next few hours that she had allegedly threatened the tour's producers. So that's where that is where the firing actually comes into play here. So it's complicated. It's sad. It's it's unnecessary, Grace. Like, it's just like, if you want people 
to think you're doing the work, just go ahead and do the work. You don't have to go through all these steps to make it look like you are interested in doing something that you're not actually interested in following through. All right, let's end on some feel-good recommendations, or maybe not. This one might not be a feel-good recommendation, although I I think it is if you take it at least out of context from the show, which is not a feel-good show. But we do have highlights from the upcoming Broadway premiere of Days of Wine and Roses. It's obviously running on Broadway. It's opening this weekend. Um, But performances from Kelly O'Hara and Brian Darcy James, we have that in the show notes. And then the film version of The Color Purple musical has an extended preview out now, so you can actually watch the first 10 minutes of the film. That includes the song Mysterious Ways, a bunch of other stuff, maybe a couple cameos that you might want to to see. So um, it's a great opening number. Uh, So if you want to check that out, you uh, can do that in the show notes. And if you have time, I would recommend go seeing it in the big screen because it is definitely worth a look. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me on Instagram at Grace. Where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday. We'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.